Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, uh, it's very interesting. I went on an audition. I don't go out that much, but occasionally I go on an audition. And my agent now has me doing this hand modeling. So I, I went to an audition as a hand model. And I had a friend visiting from New Jersey, my friend Jim Patches. He was in town for three days. And he's staying with me. And I go, well, you know what? Unfortunately, it's my first audition hand modeling. You have to come with me. So he got to see the whole Hollywood system. And we go into this uh, casting agent over in Hollywood. And he's cr- he's looking around. And it's one of these things where there's a bunch of people auditioning is for a healthcare commercial. So there's like kids there and all this. And we go into the room and they bring in six of us. And there's, I guess, two guys for playing, being the part of an umpire that's part of it. And three women being the part of a mother and me. And honestly, I felt like an ass because they sit there and they line us all up and they put me on the end. And they go and they say, say your name, you know, turn, you know, if you don't know, but it's called a slate. You turn right, turn left. Me, they say, say your name and put your hands over your face. So I put my hands over my face and they take a picture. So then they go through again and they talk to these people and they say, okay, now uh, talk, you know, tell your sports story, tell this. Once again, they're having fun, telling stories. They come to me, put your hands up, turn them around. So that was it. I, I felt I felt like a third-class citizen. So if anyone wants to get into hand modeling, I didn't get the part. I guess there's a better set of hands than me. Just uh, you'll crack up. So it's all I'm going to say. So it's a good thing. And my guest today, I don't know if he's ever hand modeled. My guest is uh, Chris Caldavino. How you doing? <laughs> Had not, have you been on any crazy auditions? Like where you just walk in and there's a, I mean, because you've been in this business for a long time. Yeah, it's yeah, just a absolutely. group of like, you know, these casting directors go, they hey, do this. Have you ever done any? Oh, yeah, weird, the like, weirdest auditions I've been on are generally uh, commercial auditions, um, something like you did for the hand modeling. I, I never went in for a hand modeling um, audition because my hands look like uh, I could, you know, unless they're looking for a hand, someone that has hands like a butcher. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hand modeling and I'm on radio. Okay, so that's what it says about my face, people. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, commercial auditions are usually wacky. They make you do all kinds of crazy things and, you know. But yeah, yeah, I've been many, many crazy auditions. I can't remember anything specifically right now, but it'll come to me. Now you grew up in Brooklyn, yes. And now, I mean, and you know, and you're 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 a big Italian guy. I mean, at what point did you know you wanted to get into acting? As a kid, did you watch acting? Did you, or did, was it as you got older? I mean, because it's always interesting me. How did you get into it? Yeah, it was when I got older. I I always kind of wanted to do it, but never got involved when I was younger in, in school or junior high school or high school. Um, it just wasn't the thing to do, you know, like it, uh, um, but secretly I always wanted to. And then when I was in my uh, early twenties, I started taking some classes, um, in New York at the Gene Frankel theater. Gene Frankel's a, an old acting teacher there. And I really liked it. And, um, so I kept going and I, I, uh, I studied there for a while. And then a friend of mine, um, who was a writer was going to move out to LA. And I said, you know what? I'm coming with you, and I'll pursue the acting, and that's how it started. How did you get to the point, though, of getting to the acting class? Because you go to high school. Did, now, did you play sports? Yeah, I played football. Because you're a big guy, yeah. so you probably played that. Now, did you go to college? I went to uh, community college. Yeah. Okay. Now, what what did you when you went to college? Because I always say when we're 18, 19, we're punks. We don't know what we're going to do, and right. and that's anything. Like you know, I went away to college, and basically, what was it to drink and get laid? You know, I mean, honestly. So, but we don't know. So, what, what when you went to community college? When you're 18, you're getting out, and right. you're thinking, are you? I mean, what do you? What did you want to do? I took uh, business administration was my major. Everyone you know, does. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
What business? I wasn't quite sure. But. So you're doing that, and then all of a sudden, I, mean, I was wondering, because it's, it's a big step. I mean, especially, you know, if you're older, like, and it's funny, because I think you're, I'm a little older than you, I'm guessing, but, you know, when I was, I'm, I'm 51, and when, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but when, uh, but when we were younger, there wasn't, you're right, acting people just didn't take acting classes it was i mean some did right. but you know it was it was it wasn't huge like no one exactly. said exactly oh, well now everyone wants to be an actor exactly everybody now yeah especially in brooklyn now it's the, probably yeah. you know in brooklyn you're like the cool you know not the cool i'm not going to say the cool guys but it was there was a certain type of kid that went to the drama club and there was another certain type of kid that went and played sports yeah. like for us the kids wore leg right. warmers and now, I, now, I didn't know what a leg warmer was but they now, got they wearing them now that's you know every, now it's more than sports it's the acting thing because everybody wants to be an actor and be robert de niro and everything so so what hit you that you said finally that i mean because you're older you said when you're when you're twice did you just see something i there was a, a point where you said well i'll tell you when i saw when i was a kid i saw raging bull um and from that point on, I knew I had to, to be an actor and be in the entertainment business and be a filmmaker in, in, any, in any capacity. It took still quite a few years after that point for me to actually get the nerve up to really start doing it and consider it a, a feasible career opportunity. And what was it like taking that first class, though? I mean, was it a big step? Were you nervous oh as hell? Oh, my God, I was nervous as hell. I still get nervous. I still get stage fright. I just did a play recently, and, you know, I mean, it was it went great, but, like, the first couple of minutes before you go on stage, you still get the butterflies. It doesn't go away, but I think it's good because that you actually use that, and that's it means you're... Uh, it means you're, you're interested, it means you're involved, and you, you, you use that feeling to, you know, in, you know in, in your work. So it's not a bad thing, but, yeah, I remember my first acting class I remember they just asked me to go up and just talk about myself and tell a funny story from uh, my my past I don't remember what story I told but I told a story I don't remember anything I kind of went blank after I finished everybody was clapping and laughing and saying great job and I was like all right maybe this maybe this is something I should try further and then uh, the acting teacher gave me uh, my first acting scene it was a scene from of mice and men the end when uh when um uh, now were you lenny i was lenny okay and my <laughs> the funny thing was the prop gun that they had at the acting class was an old toy ray gun remember the type that you used yeah. to push and go <laughs> yeah so my acting scene partner was not supposed to pull the trigger just supposed to you know point it to my head and you know faint pulling the trigger <laughs> he, he pulled the trigger at the end of that whole scene when it's, it's so emotional and Lenny's, you know, he says, Lenny, just look across the river, everything will be fine. And then you, wing, and then I had to die. See, I, that's so funny because it's, it's just crazy. Uh, now, now, how did you uh, pick the Gene Frankel Theater? Was that, was that a popular theater? Or um, how'd, you get that, how'd you get there? I don't really remember. Uh, I think a couple of my friends, I think a couple of my friends were studying there already. Uh, a couple of friends I had, went, yeah, I believe so. They weren't... Uh, and that was just okay. I said, "You guys are there, so I'll come and join you." And uh, and that's how it went. So you're there, and then your buddy's moving to LA. Now, had you ever been to LA? Never been to LA. Now, how long were you studying before you moved to LA? Were you in class for a while? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, a couple of years. I studied about a year, around two years. Now, did you feel it was the right move for you? Because you said, you know, because it's funny. Because I look at your resume, and I think your two big parts. <laughs> you went back east to shoot, which yeah. it, that always happens. I mean, it happens all the time. It's still happening. Uh, but when I moved out here, 
it was, you know, L.A. was still had most of the production, but now everything, you know, a lot of the stuff is happening in New York, especially the HBO and the Showtime stuff and all that, that quality work. But the good part is now when I go back to work in New York, they have to fly me back and put me in a hotel. Exactly. So I don't mind. <laughs> so when you moved out here, I always ask people, because especially people from back east, and, and I always, and I'm beating on a dead horse. I know my listeners will say this, but it always fascinates me because I grew up living outside Philadelphia and in the suburbs. And when I moved out here, L.A. is quite different because back east, you know, which is a crappy neighborhood out here, you don't know. You're driving through, all of a sudden you see check cashing places and a lot of fast food. And you go, okay, I might be in a bad neighborhood. Nice little house. And all of a sudden, there's graffiti on it. When you moved out here, did, did had you been here before? No. Okay, so you're coming with your buddy. Right. And you look for a place. So did you drive out or did you fly out? No, well, he actually came out... Uh, about six months before okay. I did, and then uh, he rented a room and then found the two-bedroom apartment. When he got the apartment, I moved out here. Now, where'd you move to? Uh, West Hollywood. Okay, so that's safe. That's a good neighborhood. Right, right, right. So you get out here. Now, you need a representation. You're, you're sort of new to the field. Oh, yeah. So what do you start doing? Do you start hitting the pavement? Do you look for a manager? Do you get a job? What was like a job you got when you came out? Did you have any weird jobs? Oh, yeah. Well, no, job-wise, I, I bartended. Okay. I, I always bartended and, 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 and uh, top like night spots in L- in LA and Hollywood so I've always as far as that I didn't have to have any crazy jobs bartending always paid very well and they make big money out here oh yeah I mean I was I'm very I was very grateful I mean it enabled me to pursue the career and you know I never had to worry about you know I never had to do the starving artist thing but uh, yeah to get your first work out here is really difficult so uh a friend of uh, my friend uh, <laughs> my friend and, my, and, and myself uh, devised a way to um, to pad our resumes and uh, and try to uh, kind of have some uh, well, just I'll just explain. <laughs> Neither of us had representation, so like I need you need representation. You find out very quickly when you get out here. That you can't even get on LA casting without an agent. You can't get a job without an agent. You can't get an agent without a job. So it's a catch twenty two. So you got two guys from Brooklyn, and we figured out a way to uh, to cut past that. We. <laughs> We decide to put an ad in uh, backstage. God, people, if you don't know, that was that was back here before the internet. That was like there was the backstage, and there was yeah, the backstage and uh, drama log, drama log, drama log. They, right, they were right. the two, yeah. Now they combine and it's backstage. I didn't have a resume. I didn't know how to put one together. So we decide to put this phony ad in backstage, saying that we're producing a film. Uh, I forget the name of it. Um, uh, but, you know, we kind of said it's about corruption in the New York Police Department and blah, 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 mob guys. So we're casting mob guys in their 20s and cops in their 20s. So we figured all the responses we get and the headshots we get, I'll just take a little from everybody's resume and I'll build my own resume. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that now because I don't. <laughs> so that's what we did. And then um, even with that, still wasn't, wasn't uh, getting auditions. So then we decided to create our own phony agency. Okay. We uh, went to a mailbox, et cetera. We, we got a post office box with a Sunset Boulevard address. We got another phone line. We had some, some girl with an English accent tape the, um, the, in, the uh, message. And we called it the Doug Viviani Agency. The what? Doug Viviani Agency. Now, was that a guy you knew or did you just make that name uh, up? I think it was a guy my, my friend knew. <laughs> That's classic, though. And we, got, we did a letterhead. And... Um, you know, he was submitting his scripts with the Doug uh, Viviani letterhead, and I was submitting my resumes with that agency on it. 
And if someone would call for one of us, one of us would pick up the phone and return the call and change our voice and make the appointment for the audition. Now, did you start getting auditions? I got a couple. He got his, he, he started getting his, his stuff read um, from that. And uh, yeah, that went on for a while. <laughs> so now, during this time, were you pursuing an agent though also? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So now, when did you finally get an agent? My first agent was um, probably about only, uh, it probably took about three to six months for me to okay. get an agent, which is pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, very I, good. I got lucky. Signed with an agent named Sid Levine. That's such a, such a Hollywood name. It's Sid classic. Levine, it's great. And he was the tip, and he's still around. Uh, you know, I used to call him Sid the Machine Levine, like uh, <laughs> Shelly the <laughs> like Machine, Shelley machine, from, the machine uh, yeah. from Glengarry. Um, and yeah, he he represented a lot of. He would take a lot of the um, the New York type actors that came. I found out later. Uh, and uh, yeah, I booked. Um, first thing I booked was some movie called uh, some really low bad movie that went right to cable called Femalians Two. I okay, because I'm I'm looking at your I think. Oh, I right think... right on IMDb. Right under Femalian Two is Beverly Hills Bordello. Yeah, that was yeah. And Fallen <laughs> Angel. Yeah. So so but he's getting you out. And the funny thing is, you always think about you know when you look at the movies you've done and we, and. It's funny because now you're established. You always sit there and you go, "Oh yeah, it was some female." But when you got that, you must have been so ecstatic. Oh my god, that's yeah. different because you're like, like, "I'm in a movie. I'm in a movie. I'm a freaking <laughs> actor in a movie. I'm getting paid. Not much. I think I got a hundred bucks a day for that." Now, do you remember your role? Yeah, I was. Um, well, the, the, the premise of Femalians Two was um, these aliens that come to Earth and inhabit the uh, bodies of strippers and wreak havoc. <laughs> and I was the owner of the strip club. <laughs> okay, well, you know, the only thing that's scary about that is that it was actually Femalian 2, yeah. so they actually needed a sequel. <laughs> they knew, that's, yeah, that's how good it was. They needed a sequel. And the three, I don't think they, I think they tried, but no. I... So you're acting and you're getting out. Now, are, are you also going out for commercials or anything? Or <laughs> Yeah, one of, the one of the other first auditions I ever went, to, went in for was, a, I think, a Milky Way bar commercial that I got a call back. I think that was my actual first audition. And I got a call back, and I was like, oh, my God, this is easy. I'm going to book this national commercial. I didn't get it, but I was like, okay, you know, this could happen, you know. So you're doing that. You're getting, you're not, are you still, you're still uh, perfecting your craft? Are you still taking lessons? Oh, absolutely. No, I, tr I studied, when I came out here, I studied um, for a long time. I studied for years. I, went, I studied at Playhouse West under Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I heard that. Now you, and, and he's such an amazing actor. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, and and he's, the funny is, like, when you sit there, you know, you see Jeff Goldblum, and I mean, first of all, because like, he always plays sort of a quirky guy, but then you see him in a fly, and the guy's ripped. I mean, the guy's in great shape. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nuts. And then you hear the guy play the piano, yeah. and he's just this amazing talent. He I mean, really is. What was, I mean, how did you get to study under him? Because that's, that's, you know, that's pretty big. I mean, that's not yeah. like studying under, you know, right. the guy who played Larry on Three's Company. <laughs> right. I mean, right. this no, is like, yeah, how that did was, that happen? Because that's cool. Well, he was involved with Playhouse West. Which is in... Which is in... Um, in, Hollywood? Uh, no, yeah, it's in North Hollywood. Okay. Um, the uh, Neighborhood Playhouse is the original one from New York, and they opened one out here, Playhouse West, and Jeff Goldblum and Robert Carnegie were the, uh, ran that school. Um, and Jeff, on his off, when he wasn't shooting, would teach some of the classes, and I was just lucky enough to be in one of those classes that he taught. Now, was that intimidating for you because you're sitting there? I mean, because I know it's like... It was exciting. It was a little intimidating, but... You no, know, it got my juices flowing. It got me excited in a good way. Like he would actually give you, um, he'd give you know two of us like an improv situation, put us up there, and we'd start. And sometimes, if he liked how the scene was going, he'd come up and join the improv, 
and that was just mind blowing. That must have been. I mean, that because yeah. and, and then and then the cool thing about that is, it's <clears throat> you knew it was attainable. Like you knew there was a chance that he could come in and act with you, which yeah. must have been great. And, oh yeah. And I think that's great too for for a younger actor and when you're just learning to see someone who had huge success and is still humbled into the craft. Because so many Very times, humble. you know, some teachers are just. Yeah, they're mean and they never did anything. At least he he was someone who went through that crap and probably yeah. said, I don't want to teach like that. He was very motivating. He was he really was one of these teachers that really gave you confidence and you know, he used to say to me, Caldovino, that's a great name, that's an actor's name. You have to be an actor. <laughs> just he just gave you this confidence that young actors need, you know, some acting teachers. And I had a couple of really good acting teachers, another really good acting teacher I've had and who's also a friend of mine still to this day, Robert Devonzo. Okay. Um, studied with him for about f four years, five years. Great guy, you know. But there are some acting teachers in town that kind of have have the opposite <coughs> technique. They'll be too hard and abusive on the actors to try to get a performance or get you know or teach them something. But once you act, if you treat an actor like that, especially a young actor, uh, it's gonna do. It's gonna do. Uh, it's gonna be adverse. It's gonna do the opposite. It's gonna close them off instead of open them up. So you're going to class, which is good, because I think that's important. And so you're going to class, you have your agent. Now you're still with Sid Levine, and you're in uh, Femalian 2. Yeah. And then when did you start getting uh, better auditions? Did you stay with Sid, or did you leave Sid? Or, I mean, what ha What was the chain of events? Yeah, we... Um, I don't remember. I remember why I left Sid. I don't really remember. I remember I, I, I was repped by UTA for a while. And um, I, they sent me in on a, uh, on a pilot... And uh, I got a network test deal. So UTA got all excited and signed me, and they were representing me for a while. So that's when I think I left Sid to work with, uh, with the UTA. That, I, that pilot never happened, and then subsequently UTA dropped me. <laughs> Have you been on a lot of pilots? Because, I mean, a lot of times people say, you know, it's, it's the old story. You get the chance to be in a pilot, and it's like anything. You're an actor. You're like, oh, my God, this could be the big break. Yeah. And then a lot of times, everyone forgets, is there's tons of pilots, man. Oh, my God, yeah. So, I mean, was that your, was that your only pilot? No, no, I've done uh, – I was in another pilot called uh, Russo that was starring Michael Rispoli. Um, that, that didn't get picked up. I just did another pilot, uh, an independent pilot called Dirty Dead Con Men that's being shopped around to the networks now, so hopefully that goes. But yeah, you know, you could do you could do 20 pilots and no one will ever see them, you know, that's... Uh, that's what sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not sucks, but it's so funny. And But I always think, you know, at least you got that far. Like, so many times people go, I didn't, I didn't get picked up, but it's like, but you are one of the select few that actually made the pilot. You got yeah. in it. I mean, you actually, yeah. you made the cut, which is always an yeah, accomplishment. Oh, yeah. It's just we're so driven out here by, you know, what gets picked up, what doesn't. But it's like when you sit there and you get an accomplishment to be actually be in a pilot, you don't go, holy crap, I, I got a pilot. Right, right, exactly. I think George Clooney did about 20 pilots before he got uh, ER. Yeah, and he, yeah. Was in, he was in Roseanne he, for a little he was, bit. He, did, I mean, yeah, he co-starred in Roseanne. Yeah, he was, that, that guy, I'll tell you, he... Uh, he worked. He deserves every bit of, of success oh, yeah. he has. Yeah. So you're, you're you're kicking around. You're going out for auditions. I see. You know, you get parts like in Las Vegas and stuff like that. And then, you know, so you're you're out. You're getting some parts. Now, are you booking any commercials too, or just strictly parts? I booked. I've only booked one commercial my whole career, and it was for um, Angel Soft toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> now, what kind of role did you play? Oh, it was pretty funny. It was just me. Um, it was when uh, Angel Soft was being bought out by another company, and they were changing the name. So they did this whole campaign where. It was called Name Change. So it's me, and I'm supposed to be this mob guy in the witness protection program that had to change my name, and I'm talking about AngelSoft. And I say, I think one of the, li the line is, uh, just because it's a new name 
doesn't mean it's not the same good quality. Okay. And then at the end, I go, hey, Ma, it's still me. That's <laughs> okay. But that's cool. So you got that. And then they wanted, they wanted to block, do, block my face out, like, like, like how they do on, you know, right. on the, those things. But then they decided to leave my face in. So my face, my that face would made suck. it in. <laughs> Wouldn't that suck, though? Because you finally get a national commercial. That and you're sitting there going, okay, well, some people will see this and go, hey, you know what? He plays a good mobster. And those are, they block your face yeah, out. It's like, wait yeah. a second. I don't want that. You, you can be in this yeah. little, you know. Yeah, I got lucky. Somebody, somebody must have liked my face. I don't know. But they left. So you're living out here. You're you're auditioning now, and then in 2004, around you, you get an audition for the Sopranos. Yeah, I actually auditioned for the Sopranos maybe three or four times. Now, did you ever, did you like audition for Chris? Did you audition for like the part of Chris, or was Michael Imperioli? Or when you first got My the audition, first audition for Sopranos? No, I didn't audition until the until after the pilot was shot. So I didn't read for any of the um, the uh, series regulars that was shot in the pilot. I auditioned for Ray Abruzzo's role. Okay. I, uh, I auditioned for his role. He got it, and good thing. He, that was his role. That wasn't, you know, uh, I wouldn't have been, that, he would have, of course, much better than me in that role. Um, and a couple other ones. I can't really remember. Who else did I? A couple of minor recurring roles, but it was about three or four auditions. And now, then I finally got the Billy Leotardo role. Now, what se- were you auditioning in the first season for the roles? I auditioned, I believe I auditioned in the first season. I think I auditioned at least once every season until season five when I got it. Now, in the first seasons, though, did you think, like, when you first auditioned, this show was going to be such a big phenomenon? Did you have that feeling? Did, I mean, because Gandolfini was pretty much wasn't really known back no, then. No, no, not at all, yeah. And back then, the bad guy, I mean, he changed it. Uh, the bad guy wasn't the hero, which, you know, he's changed it with him and Walter White now. And changed the face even, of television, you know, absolutely. But did you know that when you were, like, when you auditioned it? Now, when you look back at it, do you sit there and go, God, you had a part of television history? By the time I auditioned, the show had already started airing, so uh, maybe it was the second season when I first started. But yeah, by that time, I knew it was going to be television history because I, I believe it. Yeah, I think the first season did air already, so yeah, it was it was what it became already. So the, those auditions became <laughs> more nerve wracking because, like you know, it wasn't just some audition. Like you, I wanted to get on the show. Now, when you booked it, as, as it's uh, Billy Leotardo, that's Phil's son, right? It was actually Phil's baby brother. That's okay. how they worked it out. But yeah. Phil was older. Phil, like, was, Phil could have been my father. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I think they, they decided that because they didn't want to make it son because that, the implications of that would have affected the storyline too much. So they then they decided to make it... Um, they didn't want to make it nephew because then it wasn't close enough. So they figured they make it little brother and that they could have a lot of leeway on storyline with that. Now, when you were auditioning for it, did you think it was just a one and done? I mean, did you have any idea? Well, I'll tell you, there's a funny story attached to that. When I auditioned for Billy Leotardo, it wasn't called Billy Le- The last name was something else. He wasn't supposed to be related to Phil Leotardo at all. So I got, there was a stroke of luck. I really had, I had a horseshoe stuck up somewhere that day because what happened was the name that they wanted to give me uh, my the original character I don't remember what it was but I had been I was on set we started shooting a legal from what I heard afterwards legal came back and called production and said we can't use that name someone has that name that name doesn't clear wow so okay so they have to do that so they can't like and then that's the person says okay like if there's a right. Steve Cooper right. they say right. okay right well they generally wouldn't even ask you because then that's you might want something they'll just change the name okay so one of the other writers was on set earlier that day when I started working with Frank <coughs> excuse me so when he goes back to the office David Chase says we, we can't use that character's name we can't use it um, it doesn't clear 
So the other writer that was there on set that had went back and said, you know, I was there on set watching them work. You know, Chris could be Frank's son. They look alike. Okay. And they went, that's it. Let's make it. Let's make it. As, let's make it Billy Leotardo. And that's how that happened. Or else it would have been one or two and out. That would okay, have been it. So then it'd have been a few. Now, so you're on it. And now, I mean, it's probably, and I, I always talk to people, you know, like who've been on The Sopranos because it was such a uh, devout crowd. I mean, basically before, you know, you you weren't unknown. Your face wasn't known. I mean, no, you, and you no. people. But now that you're on The Sopranos and you have that character and, you know, and people love Tony and, you know, they don't, they don't anyone who's sort of anti I mean Louis Lombardi said even though he was a cop people were calling him a rat because he arrested him like people oh, yeah. yell stuff yeah. so for you you're you're this guy who finally gets a good role you know a, a role it's exciting because you're part of television history it's a great show was that your phone that's fine. I, I tell you something. I was like, "Wait a second, no, that's weird." That's, <laughs> I, that's, knew that's, you, I knew you were going to hear it. That's a, that's a strong vibrate, man. My my vibrates in my pocket. I don't even hear it. See, people. No, it's funny. If it's in my pocket, I don't know. But isn't that funny? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, because you think you feel a vibrate, and you go. Yeah, but now it's across the room in a radio station, and <laughs> it's of against I hear the wall. <laughs> so, so I apologize. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. So so you sit there, and all of a sudden you're in this role, and it, <clears throat> it's recurring, and now do people start recognizing you? Yeah, yeah, I did get recognized from that role, sure. And what was their reaction to you? Did they like you? I mean, and it's like, and, you know, especially because you're an Italian guy, and you probably get a lot of Italian guys, hey, you know, and yeah. probably everyone in your neighborhood's like, hey, we remember when he was, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what, what were some weird things happened? Because you're part of The Sopranos, and they have such a, a, a as I said, a, a click. The people who watch it just love yeah. it. I mean, how did that happen? Oh, just everybody, yeah, everybody, everyone loved my character. They thought it was great, and they liked, you know, especially after I got killed, everyone felt bad for me, and, you know. But it was funny, the, the first day shooting, was a bizarre, it was a strange day. Um, you know, I, I had it, nothing had aired yet of mine because it was just the first day. And we're in Queens shooting on location outside in a bar. So we're, there was tons of people from an Italian neighborhood in Queens. So of course, there's tons, I mean, literally hundreds of people behind the barriers watching this film. And for some reason, I don't know why, everybody started like coming up and asking for my autograph to take pictures with me. And so I'm like surrounded by like 20 people writing autographs and people are trying to take pictures and trying to get to me. I'm like, what the hell is going on? One of the PAs came out and said, what's going on here? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't, they don't, I don't know why this is happening. And a friend of mine came to set the visit and uh, he couldn't even get near me. He goes, what the hell is going on? Right. He goes, what is Elvis? I'm like, I have no idea. This is the most bizarre thing. That's the power of this show. Nobody knows me from a hole in the wall, but I'm on set. It was just me, Frank, Vincent, and some one other person, and they thought I must be somebody if I'm on that show. And I literally had some woman. This is ten years ago, so I guess I was at one point. I was on a break, hanging out, sitting, standing outside the trailer, and then I, apparently someone took a picture of me. This woman, an hour later, comes back and hands me this picture that she just had made and blown up a one-hour photo of me leaning on my trailer. And she just said, could you sign this? I'm like, I didn't, how did you get this? What right. <laughs> and uh, I, it just doesn't figure that people would go through that much trouble to get your autograph. I'm a nobody. It's, it's amazing. But though. that's and because of the show. The show, I mean, it's so yeah. huge. And, and, and that was one of HBO's, you know, HBO was always popular, but that was the first that, you know, you, when you saw that show, you appreciated it. One, because you're paying for HBO. Right. And it was quality TV. Right. And for me, it's like I lived in Nutley for a year and a half. Oh, I was my God. Yes, for a while. Right. And when I saw it, I always cracked up. I'm like, oh, my God, because yeah. the one guy with the long ponytail was from Nutley. Right, right. So you're on that show. And now 
they fly you back to do it when you're coming? I mean, because you're out right. in LA. Right. So now you you did a few episodes. Right. And you know, so you does that did that give you some juice? Did that give you some juice? That oh, was like, yeah. Like the like casting agents probably. Oh, said. absolutely. So well, how how did that work? Was that cool for you? I mean, must oh, have... it got me a better agent. It got me a better manager. It got me indoors that I normally you know wouldn't have got in. Oh, it just helped immensely being on that show. Now when you were getting killed. Did you know it was coming or did you sit there? I mean, did you, okay, because as you said, when you came in, it would have only been, you thought it might be a, a one and done. Right. So then luckily, because you look like the guy that named, I mean, you, you, this is what I always talked about guests on this, and it's so funny how things work. I mean, if that guy's name, if your character's name cleared, you would have just been in it once and out. Yeah. But because, I mean, it's just, it's amazing how, but you work hard. And that's why I say, if you work hard and are proactive, this stuff's going to come back. It's not like yeah. people say, oh, well, he got a lucky break. Well, no, he got a lucky break because he worked hard. It's not like you were just some guy who walked exactly. off the street who took one acting class. What is that saying? Uh, luck is 99% preparation. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So you said you got that. So now you're, so you get recurring, so you're going back, and that must be great. But then how do they tell you you're going to die? I mean, is it, did, they, did you know that you might die? Or how does yeah, that... well, it, it, I knew it was going to happen. Um, and, yeah, they give you a call, and they let you know, and they, you know. They're sorry about it, you know, and they, it's it's cute. It's uh, the same thing happens on uh, same thing happened on Boardwalk, you know. You get the call before you get the scripts, just so it's not that shocking when you when you read it. And one of the producers calls and just lets you down nicely. It's like a doctor telling you you only got a couple of days to live. You know? Now it was a while ago because I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember anything. I don't remember last week. How did you did you get killed on camera or did you get killed off camera? On it's funny you should ask. Actually, off camera, and then they went back. And shot the killing as a um, as a flashback. Okay, because you hear I got killed. Tony Christopher tells Tony, and then in the next episode, they decided to actually film it. So there's a scene where Frank Vincent is sitting thinking about it, and then you see the whole scene play out, and that was really cool. Yeah, what's that yeah. like getting killed? I mean, is, is it, it must be weird because you're getting killed, but I mean, did they shoot you? What did they do to you? Yeah, yeah, I got shot. Well, Steve, it's funny. Steve Buscemi shot, killed, shot and okay. killed me. And as a, I have a funny story for that later on. I'll tell you with Boardwalk Empire, of course. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're walking out. As a scene, we're walking out of the social club on Mulberry Street. We actually shot it on Mulberry Street. Okay. And Buscemi's coming because Buscemi now wants to kill uh, Frank Vincent's character, Phil Leotardo. And uh, so... Buscemi's running, coming down the street, firing. Phil gets clipped. I get shot three times in the chest. But um, yeah, they they wired me up with squibs and the whole deal. And you know, uh, was I mean, my, my my little brother came to watch a shoot, and he couldn't handle it because they did, it was so real. It actually looked like I was getting shot because the squibs would explode, and you see the blood flying out. And the uh, the stunt guy said, you know, I'll, I'll put a, la a couple of layers of lead in between the squibs and you, so you don't feel it. I'm like, no, 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 I, I want to feel it. Just put a thin, like, put another T-shirt underneath. I want to feel the squibs hitting. So they hit, I, I didn't want to show it, but they hit harder than I even thought, but it was great because I really reacted. And, they, it's, a, it's electrical, right? Or, or, or It's like a charge that it kind of, it's like a little, um, maybe a half a firecracker worth of charge that explodes, and then a blood blood bag explodes, and that's how it comes out. That but must it, hurt. It hurt. That's why they put the lead, but I didn't want. I wanted to feel it. I wanted. To, wow. I got. I, I like. I, I method a little bit. I like. Uh, but that's, you know. but that's good. That's good. So you get killed. I, and I had. I had black and blues for weeks. Where, that's where the squibs went. That's, that's how hard it was. And a lady had a picture. And she brought it up. And said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was a later date. <laughs> so okay. So you're doing that, and then you're. Uh, 
you're acting, you're getting out. You're still you're still in L.A. You come back to L.A. You're doing play. Now, were you doing plays too? Were you still were sure? You doing yeah, yeah. Stuff? Yeah, I was in I was in the theater group and studying and doing plays. Yeah. Now, do you enjoy the the theater like the theater aspect being live? I mean, being yeah. coming from a show where you yeah. get killed and you're on a TV show, and it's funny because uh, the show Silicon Valley and HBO was shooting in Burbank Great yesterday. Show. And I love the show. And so yeah. me and me and Joanne, my girlfriend, walked around, and she's like, I don't know how these actors do it because it's it's so much setup time and prep time. You right. know, then there's two minutes. You know, oh yeah. Thinking. So for you, you must have uh, really liked going back to the stage yes. if you did that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, you, it really gives you a, a chance to act for you right. know, for more than you know three minutes at a time. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love TV. I love film. That's but it's 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 a little different. You know, and it's uh, it's very for, fulfilling. You know, and uh, like I said, it's a little nerve-wracking, but those nerves, you use those nerves, and it just, uh, afterwards, it's it's a high that you can't compare. You know, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you definitely get a high from the live audience and from the live performance. So you're kicking around. You know, you're going out, you're doing the stage. Then Boardwalk, now how does Boardwalk Empire come up? Did they remember you, or was, uh, geez, that's funny. You're a popular guy. People, this guy's getting booked gigs right are now. Are you sure this isn't on live right now? No, it's, I know, exactly. People are calling in, hey, can we talk to him? It's, no, it's not live, it's recorded. <laughs> Who, is your agent calling you? No, no, it's not. It's okay. If it's your agent, it'd be great, you know? Oh, yeah, it'd be great. No, that's why it'd be even better that I, that I don't answer if it's my agent, actually. Exactly, yeah, I'm not. So, okay, so you're, you're working now, and I want to talk to you about Wolf of Wall Street, because you got to be in that. Yeah, sure. But, uh, but Boardwalk Empire, which is one of those shows, and for me, I, I don't know if I watched the first season. I, I started watching it, and I wasn't like, I'm not sure about the show. And then I watched it, and I was excited because I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. My college was 10 minutes from Atlantic City. So I remember like when they when they said you know, Galloway Township, the different signs they show, Mays Landing, I sit there, and then the town that... Uh, uh, but your your buddy takes over. Uh, that's a made up town because I was like I never heard of that town. And I'm googling. I go wait a second. And I'm saying to my girlfriend, Table Heights. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Wait a second, man. I go. I know. I know that drive. There's Egg Harbor. There's Mays Landing. I go Tabor. And I said, Am I missing something? But and I watched it, and I actually ended up loving the show. And now, how did that role come up? And was it because they HBO remembered you, or once well, you get in yes. that network, or how's that happen? Yeah, well, it's, it was HBO, and also um, uh, some of the same directors and producers, Tim Van Patten, which so, was well, director on Sopranos. Is what was it like working with him? Because Terrence Winter, who's also on Sopranos, is the creator of Boardwalk. What was it like with Van Patten? Because I remember watching The White Shadow when he was Salami. Timmy's the greatest guy. And he was he just is. great. I mean, we loved him on, on, on it was funny, because one of those guys, I mean, I don't know if you watched the white shadow yeah, but yeah was, i remember it sure he was salami he then, was salami yeah. then years later you sit there and you go holy it's like doing a sopranos episode you go holy crap salami's a director now and yeah. all his shows he directs are great oh yeah he's he's an amazing director i mean tim tim's extremely talented and a great guy and a real actor's director so he was an actor so i love working with him so now now you came in what what season of the boardwalk, of boardwalk? um uh, three. Three, okay. So now they write this role, and now did did you have to read for it, or because they knew you, like the yeah, directors knew you? Well, I, again, for Boardwalk, I had auditioned for Eli's role in the pilot for the brother. Didn't get that, um, which, of course, the person who did got it, uh, the actor who got it, would have. I would have cast him instead of me also. And you don't look like a Thompson. No, and I think that was the problem. Yeah, because it's like, it's like <laughs> Nucky Thompson and his right. brother. <laughs> Leotardo. Well, it's funny because Steve, Steve is Italian, though. I know, that's yeah, what's yeah, funny, yeah. but Steve doesn't look Italian. Right, right? I, think he's, I think he's half Italian. I think he's mixed. I don't think he's all. He might be half Italian, half, Italian, half Irish. I'm really not sure. But uh, I had auditioned for that in the pilot before the show even filmed, and then I auditioned for one of the um, the brothers from Philly. Remember? And, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Ma- no. Max Casella got the role. Okay. Max got that role. I auditioned for that, and Max was great in it. Then I auditioned for the Joe Mazzaria role. Okay. Which Evo Nando, Evo, Evo Nandi, a good friend of mine, he got that role. He was amazing in that. I mean, everyone who acted in that was great. Amazing. I mean, they did it. They really were, <laughs> were smart not to cast me and cast him in the Mazzaria role. And then, um, you know, Bobby Carnavale came on board and they wrote the character for his his guy, his underboss, and um, they called me and said, you know, there's something that we'd like you to do if you're interested. I'm like, yeah, of course. And I did, I still put something on tape for everybody to see for HBO and, you know, but, um, they, they asked so, but, uh, yeah, and then, so I sent the tape in and, uh, and then they, they said, I. Now, did you know that would be a whole season, or I mean, cause that- I, yeah, I knew it was going to be. I knew it would be at least one season, and uh, not well. I knew it would be at least seven or eight. Okay, seven or eight episodes. It ended up being ten or eleven in the first season. So you go in there and you play, and Bobby Cannavale was just over the top. I mean, oh, that, I mean, it's that, that character. I mean, that character is just freaking insane. Like when you watch it, you're oh like, and you don't even like him, and, and you see him on you like him. You just you go, this guy is the biggest piece of crap. I, I mean, you, you, I mean, when you're watching it, yeah. you go, oh my god, because he's he just it, he's an animal. I'm gonna I tell mean, you, one of the nicest, sweetest guys you'll ever meet. What's it like working like when you say that when he's the nicest, sweetest guy, but he's just such a animal i mean he's, is when you get off camera is he still in character no you with bobby you, you you don't see him work it's 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 genius like he does this amazing character change and he's one of these actors where it's no bullshit no this no that he just he's himself and then he you know and and then he's in character it's, it's seamless you you don't you, you don't see him working it's 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 uh yeah he's uh he's amazing so you get the role and, and you're basically once again you know people don't like you guys, because they love Nucky Thompson, right. and it's great for an actor because everyone says it's a great role to play. Right. And now, are people recognizing you from that? Because yeah. once again, Boardwalk Empire, right. like Sopranos, a lot of people jumped over, and you yes. happen to be on both. Yeah. So, there people start were they recognizing you, and how did people react to you? Because you're part of the bad guy. Um, yeah, it's funny with that role. They, it was a good reaction because I kind of played it where. Uh, I knew that he was a bad guy and a lunatic, and I was just along for the ride, waiting for him to trip up for me to take over. And you know, so there's a couple. There's a couple of episodes where, you know, I you could see that my character really doesn't jive with him, and people picked up on that, and they uh, they appreciated it. Yeah. Now you said earlier there was a uh, story about Busemi that comes to oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as you know, I said Busemi killed me. On, on Sopranos so when I and then you know we've been friends for years I know him I've seen him at events and things and so when I got hired on Boardwalk and came to set he came up to me he goes look we gotta make a deal I'm like sure what, what's that he goes no repercussions for me killing you on Boardwalk you don't, you don't kill me you don't kill me and I said deal but you don't kill me again either and I said I probably won't be killing you since you're the star of the show. Right, exactly. It's not like, well, we got better without Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so I said, I just need your assurances that you're not going to kill me again. He goes, I promise you I won't. So after it happened, I, I said, what happened, man? You broke your promise. He goes, it wasn't me. It was my guy. Right. <laughs> well, you, I said, but you ordered. He goes, that wasn't the deal. I said, I wouldn't kill you. you, know, you, you on, the, on the first season, you're the guy who ends up killing Bobby Cannavale. I do, yeah, I'm th- season three, right. Okay, so... And my, fir- my first season. Your first right. season. So, now, 
that must be great because before you're, you're in the Sopranos you got killed so I mean when you look at the script it's probably like at least I'm not getting killed is that a great feeling because then you sit there and go god I oh, yeah. killed so I mean it's yeah. like anything it's like you yeah. know you know, I, I wouldn't want to kill someone in real life but do it on, on theater well thing. it's funny Bobby and I became such good friends um, and uh, the whole season we were betting who's going to kill am I going to kill you or are you going to kill me so you don't know you have no idea when, when, when you get put for that role you know there's a good chance one of the two are going to die but you don't know what's going to happen oh I yeah I mean it's obvious either he or I was going to die if not that season maybe shortly after this season four would have started so me and him were you know kidding around betting who you know and we both agreed that you know season uh, episode 12 I'm going to kill him we both kind of had guessed correctly and then of course, when the uh, when we got the script, he was like, "Hey, this is really good for you, man." I'm like, "I know, but I, you know, I wish you were staying around too for another, you know, for a little bit longer." But uh, yeah, we we knew that was going to happen for sure. So when you when you were on the show, I mean, did so when you signed up, was there was there a lot of script secrecy, like from week to week? Oh, you, totally. I mean, I mean, what's that like? Because I mean, I've I've heard certain shows where it's like they just give you your your dialogue. Oh, absolutely. You don't know what's going on in the other scenes, and of course, because I want people to find out. But what's that like as an actor? Because, I mean, it's probably good because then you're concentrated on just you. It keeps it live. It keeps it real. So so they would sit there, and, and you have like you have no, I mean, you're on the show, and you really have no idea when you're recording an episode what's going to happen on the other parts of the episode. Right, unless you're at the table read, then of course you hear the whole thing. Right. But, you know, you don't remember anyway. So when, like, you know, I'll get my script, I'll just get my my pages, and they're all watermarked with my name. So even if those get out, they know it's me. I have to sign, you know, endless confidentiality agreements. What happens if you break one of them? Do you, is there like a big fine? or well, How does that yeah, work? Or it, like, do you it, never work again? I mean, I, mean I never came close enough to... <laughs> to yeah, but I always wonder, because like a lot of reality shows and stuff, they say a non-disclosure, but it's like, well, what if you say something? Then do they... Like, I mean, I think you're financially liable or something. I think there, there's something. I mean, contractually, uh, there's something. I don't have to pay you. I'm not exactly sure. I don't, I didn't, yeah, of course you're not. Gonna, I mean, I'm not going to do it, so... I mean, but you're right, though. I should... It, it's just interesting. interesting to know what exactly would happen. I mean, you probably wouldn't work for a long time. You wouldn't work say, for them. Yeah, it wouldn't work for HBO, that's for sure. Now, where did Boardwalk Empire shoot? <clears throat> it shot in um, at Steiner Studios in Brooklyn. Okay. Now, you, well, how about the beach scenes? The beach scenes, some of the beach, sometimes, well, they built, a, uh, they built the, uh, the Boardwalk on the back lot. Okay. So, a lot of times, especially up to season three because I, I blew up the boardwalk at the end of season three but up to season three if they were on the boardwalk looking into the sand the sand and the, the ocean and the sky was cgi that the boardwalk was literally in the back in the back lot with a uh, with a blue blue bit of blue screen with a green okay. screen behind it but uh, on occasion they would go down a rockaway okay so you're never in atlantic city no, no, because it's, yeah, I mean, uh, no. They, it's I, mean, Jersey. I think the last season they were going to the Jersey Shore and doing some stuff when they had uh, Nucky's little hotel at the end there. Okay. But, uh, no, in fact, where I killed Bobby Cannavale's character was um, was Breezy, Breezy, right on Breezy Point. Okay, so you, you were actually on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now when you go there, did you, I forget, did you shoot him or did you cut his, I, I'm starting to think, did you, how'd you kill him? I put a knife in his back and then turned him around and gutted him. So what's that like? I mean, from I mean, I'm sure it's was it. Did you hit it in one take? Because I'm sure there's a lot of special effects and shit that goes yeah, on there. And I'll tell you, it wasn't it wasn't that many. That wasn't that much special effects in that scene. I had it was like old fashioned, you know, old fashioned Hollywood filmmaking. Um, I had a retractable knife. Okay. 
and the retract, you know, and I, you know, they, they, I had to put the, you know, the retractable knife, you know, into him, and then they would, you know, make a wound, and then they'd pull out, and you'd show it, and then turned around again, the same thing with the retractable knife. But at certain scenes, I was holding the real knife because the retractable knife didn't look that great, so I'd be holding the real knife, and at one point, one of the prop guys would have to come in Hollywood. Hollywood, the new take the, that knife out of my hand, and Hollywood the uh, the fake knife into my hand. So it was a kind of, it was a real tricky, interesting thing. So because I would drop my hand out of out of frame, and they would put the fake knife in my All right. hand, and then I would do it like that, and then you wouldn't see that it was a different knife. But yeah, that was no trick photography. That was just all old fashioned filmmaking. So he dies, and then. Do you sit there and think your character is going to carry on, or are you, are you not going to be back? Yeah. Or, or? Well, I knew when when they had me walk over to the car at the end, and Steve Buscemi said, "You know, I said it's done because they had me against the wall, so that's why I killed Cannavale." But I wanted to, my character wanted to kill him anyway, so that I kind of it was a win win situation for me. And when he says, "I never want to see you back in Atlantic City again," I went, "Yeah, okay, right." You know, I knew from that line that the writers wrote for him that I would be back because there's the conflict. You know, of course you're going to say don't come back because I knew then I would because they created conflict. That must be a great feeling though, because actually I, I, I went I went online and I saw they I looked up it was a Hollywood reporter that said you signed for the next season, right. and they even mentioned that quote yeah. never even back in Atlantic City, <laughs> and uh, so that must be a great feeling as an actor because you're sitting there going okay you know I get to come back. Yeah, yeah. Now how many episodes did you last when you came back? Uh, well, I came back in season four. I had a contract for um, uh, a, a deal contract for a, a, you know a certain amount of episodes. I think it was six or seven. I only shot three, but I still you know I still had a six episodes in my contract, so I got paid for it. So that's not bad. How did they end up deciding? How do you think they decided to? Did they ever tell you why they decided to kill you off at the three before the six? Well, no, then they didn't. They then they killed me off this season. That was the season oh, yeah. before. Then this season, I, I had another contract season for this last season for six episodes also, and only shot two. Okay. Uh, well, this yeah, they because it was only eight. There was only eight episodes. I was I was sort of upset. I'm going to be honest, and I talked about this, and I even posted it on Facebook. And this is, uh, and a lot of us were upset because the show was so good. And then you're cutting it. I understand the, the creative aspect where you know you don't want to run a season too long, but it's like at least give us twelve episodes the last season. You yeah, know, I'm least, really not sure why that was. It was, it was like for us because it's and it's yeah. and that's that's an that's not like that's us bitching because it's good. It's not like oh my god, no, take no, that yeah, up. no, no. It's, but so, so, but you got to come back on. So that must have been great because you kept coming back on, right. kept coming back on. So and then you got killed, right? See, it, it, last season, season four, again, season five was the last season. Season four. I did have I did get a script with a major storyline for my character, um, and then it got rewritten and it got pushed, and then in season five, they kind of, you know, did that again. But of course, there wasn't any that much time to let it run. So. Right. So yeah, the, the 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 idea was to put me with Luciano and Lansky and you know see what happens. So that could have happened from season four, but for whatever reason, it didn't. So when it's when they did finally do it in season five, of course it was you know uh, it was shortened because they only had eight episodes right. to tell the whole story. Now, as an actor, when you sit there and you see this script and you're like, "This is a great role," and then you come in and they go through the rewrite process, and it's and you know it's not your fault. It's just right. the way the story goes. Does it hurt your feelings a little bit, or do you get a little upset? Oh yeah. You sit there and go, "God, this is gonna be so great," and then oh, you go, totally. I mean, how do how do you take that as an actor? Because it's, I mean, you're working, yeah. and it's not. And the funny thing is, it's not 
and we're all insecure if we're in this business. It's not because of your talent that it's getting cut short, else they wouldn't ask you back. But we always probably think, what did I do wrong? Even though right. you didn't. And what is that like though when you see it and you think they have this plump, juicy rule, and then you go, what the hell is this crap? It's like, it's like yeah. how, does, how do you feel? No, it, it's, it sucks. It sucks. I didn't take it personally though. I, okay. I didn't. Because I, I was on the show for three, for three years and I knew that obviously they, if they didn't want me there, I wouldn't have been there. So I didn't take it personally, but I just said, eh, it's the luck of the draw. I said, you know, it sucks, but what are you going to do? You know? Now, I don't know if you were, but when I was younger, and I've always been a big mobster fan. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, yeah. I love the old, like, I always left it like the old movies, like the Roaring, whatever, with like, and Jim Cagney and uh, Bogart, you know, they'd, oh, yeah. they'd hit someone, but they'd be like, open hand, and they'd all fall over. Yeah. But what, what was it like getting to actually, because you're going back to a, of a, a glorious time yes. in our thing. What is that like when you go into set? I mean, because you got these costumes. I mean, uh, was it just amazing? Because it's, uh, it's like you're taking, you're, you're, you're walking back in history because oh they're yeah. doing it. I mean, you have the old cars. I mean, that must have been the so clothes, exciting. The, the furniture. I mean, you walk onto that set. The furniture they use are all antiques. It smells like your grandmother's apartment. Okay. Did. You know, you feel like you're in that time period. You feel like you're back there. You know, it's just... I mean, that really is half the battle. You know, I mean, the clothes, I mean, uh, the suits, I mean, thousands of dollars to make each suit. And they must have been very heavy, because <laughs> suits back then were very thick and heavy. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, yeah. They were the wool. They made them with the same material they made back then, wow. or the wool suits. I mean, there was one scene where we shot uh, on the beach in Staten Island, the scene where uh, Cannavale beats my cousin to death. Okay, with the shovel. The shovel. Yeah. That night was about 97 degrees with oh. a 99% humidity in August <laughs> on the beach in Staten Island. And we're shooting, we're shooting winter for summer. I mean, so it's supposed to be winter. Right. So I have all the, they make you wear all the underwear. The, the you know, the, 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 the sock garters, right. the whole deal, right? <laughs> the, the, the wife beater. And then you have your shirt. And then you have your vest. And then you have your the rest of your three-piece suit. And then on top of that, I had a full-length wool or mohair coat with a mink collar. <laughs> and a fedora. Literally, after every take wardrobe would have to come over and start peeling layers yeah. off me because I was ready to pass out. And you probably dropped a few pounds because it's like... That's, that's yeah, that was, a good, that was a good part of it. <laughs> now, Boardwalk Empire ends. Now, in the middle of that, you shot The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, how uh, did that come about? Actually, well, that was right after I finished on uh, Boardwalk. Okay. Was it? No, no. Right when I After I... F it says, it's right if I finish season three. It I'm says sorry. 2013. I never yeah, think no, 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 yeah, no, you're, no, you're 100% right. I'm, I'm wrong. I for, forgive me. It was. It was after finishing my first season, season three. Um, I had auditioned for a role of one of uh, DiCaprio's lawyers. Um, um, well, the character's name was Jordan Belford's lawyers. And that role got written out, and then they talked to me about this role, which was supposed to be bigger and then got smaller. Um, so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll forget it. It's a Martin Scorsese movie. I'll, whatever they want. I'll, I'll come and sweep the, uh, the set if they right. want me to, you know. So I, you know, I, took, I, got, I took that, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was a great, it was an awesome experience. And that scene I shot, we shot that scene maybe two or three days worth of ad-libbing and it got cut down to maybe five seconds but I was I worked on that film for four weeks you know I did literally four weeks everything got cut but that's okay what was it like though for work with Scorsese because he said when you watch Raging Bull that's yeah. one of the reasons it pulled you oh, into it I mean it must have been it an was amazing surreal surreal uh, I remember going to set that first day and thinking this can't this is a dream this can't be happening I'm actually going to go to work 
with Martin Scorsese right now. This is the dream. It happened. You know? That must have been amazing. Yeah, it was. And now how's, how's DiCaprio? He was, he's a great guy. Really nice. I didn't have, I didn't have that much with him. The scenes I did have with him got re rewritten. I didn't actually shoot them. Uh, but he was you know, a great guy, a great actor. I mean, it was interesting watching him work. I was on set, like I said, for four weeks, so I got to watch everybody work, and you know, it was awesome. Now we have about we have about eight minutes left. Um, these roles you've played, The Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, you've played a mobster. Yes. But you're a classically you're you're a trained actor who's got the chops. Do you ever find that? Does that ever sit there? And do you sit there? Do you still what What do you get all calls for now? After like people see you in Boardwalk Empire and The Sopranos, right. do they sit there and say you're going to be a mobster? Or I mean, are you or you get other kinds of calls? I mean, I'm sure you probably want to because you seem like a funny guy. You probably want to do some comedy. Yeah, and stuff I love like comedy that. actually. So I mean, what is, happens now? Like when your agent and it's, of course it's like anything. It's a business and we want to work. Right. So when your agent sends you out, do they do you still get a lot of mobster calls? I still get a lot of mobster stuff. In fact, I'm doing another mobster movie in a couple of months in Texas uh, that that pays the bills that's I have no right. that's typecasting and typecasting's okay you know uh, but you know if I'm not going to turn those down I mean it does it, it you know it's a good living but I do go out on other things and they're trying to get me some other things and I just did a play where I played you know completely op, you know different kind of person I played an attorney actually on in the play and where was that at uh, at the um, Missing Peace Theater in Burbank. It just, okay. just finished. We did. Where's that at? I, I live in Burbank. Where's the Missing Peace Theater? Oh, it's right on. Uh, it's the one on Victory. I Why, believe so. Yeah. Why driving by these theaters on Victory? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, Victory. I, I, yeah. it's awful because it there's Victory. so many good. There's good. There's so many good plays there. And I know it's funny because when you drive past some of these theaters, if it's like a four o'clock in the afternoon, you can tell the rehearsals over because there's always people hanging out front. Yeah, smoking, you know? yeah, yeah, smoking, smoking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it must be great though because that's cool because and it, that keeps your acting chops up because yes. it's always it's not that you breeze through this mobster role, but you you know how to do it. Yeah, it's, so it's it's like, easy. It's yeah. like if you're an outfielder catching a fly ball. Exactly, it's, it's yeah. throwing. It's hard. Sorry, it, it's yeah. The carry like in most stuff, it's easy. But you know, I don't want to make it sound that easy. On boardwalk, it's not just that. It's there's a lot going on. You know, you, I can't just fall back on. Okay, I grew up in Brooklyn. There's got there's. I do a lot of work, uh, and even my accent is not a typical modern day Brooklyn accent. And. I use a an old 1920s Lower East Side accent, which is now, very specific. Now, how do you find that? Because back then there wasn't tape recorders. We don't um, have that. We don't have well, that info. I remember how my grandfather spoke. Okay. Right? And also, I went in the, on YouTube and I listened to and watched all the old McClellan hearing tapes with Joe Valachi. Okay. And I kind of modeled my character after Joe Valachi a lot. He was he was kind of a middle a mid level mobster. And that's why I kind of thought Tonino would be was was trying to achieve you know a higher status, never being able to. But yeah, I kind of you know I modeled it. I modeled Tonino after Joe Valachi and my grandfather. <laughs> that's cool though, because then you have to really get in. I mean, that's like that. That's so cool because not only are you in the outfits. You're actually speaking like they spoke, yeah. which yeah. a lot of people. And what's great about that? And what's great about shows like Boardwalk Empire and other shows that are just class A productions is no one knows that. I don't know that when I sit there and go, I don't know, oh, but yeah. there is one guy who sits there and goes, and you know it's that one guy who's going to send a, a yeah. letter to them Absolutely. going, what the hell is this crap? People from Brooklyn yeah. at this time didn't talk like that. Right. It's like I was watching uh, Mike and Molly last night and they said Mervyn's. I said, I said to my girlfriend, Mervyn's closed. 
you know, years ago right, here. And right. she's like, because she wasn't out here then. And she's like, Mervyn's. I go, yeah, it used to be Gimbel's and Stern's right. back east. But that's cool that they do that. And it's great that they pay the attention to the detail. Because right. as it from an well, actor's that was my point. Po- that, no one told me to do that. Okay, but that that's was even my better. Own, that was my own choice. In fact, uh, Vincent Piazza, who plays Lucky Luciano, does that amazingly well, too. He does that old. Just to give you an example, like uh, the word toilet. Is turlet right? That's, that's oil is earl. You know. Right. Well, that's funny because me grew up, when I grew up in South Jersey, but my guys, yeah. my colleagues were from North Jersey. Same thing. Instead of drawer, it's draw. Right. And there's certain words, and it's it's yeah. so it's so thing. So now, what's this? I'm looking at your thing. What's what's dirty dead con men? That's a pilot, uh, an independent pilot I that's just what, okay. shot with an uh, actor um, who's also produced it, Peter Dobson. Who is, oh, okay. You know who Peter is. Yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook. Oh yeah, Peter's... he's always posting pictures. Wait, is it? It's wait. Yeah, Peter Dobson. He's he's yeah. he's does he's always traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He. He played Elvis in Forrest Gump. Uh, he also played Elvis in a movie called Protecting the King. And he was in uh, Johnny Bago. Yeah, he was in that. With he my was friend Rose Abdu. Marrying Man years ago with... Okay. Uh, yeah, no, Peter's, Peter had his own show for... Uh, a couple of seasons also called Cover Me. It was about the okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, an undercover okay, yeah, FBI I, I'm friends with him on Facebook. It's so funny. So th- this is a, you guys shot this pilot. Yes. Okay, so that must be great. So oh, you, it was great. Up yeah. And then now what? You're going back to New York? I'm going back to New York just to uh, just to visit uh, and have a couple of meetings back there. But may, you know, it's a little pleasure, a little business. Now, week. when you go when you go back to your old neighborhood, are you like you know, are you like the guy they remember, or now you're like, oh, like or do they treat you like, hey, Mr. Big Shot, Mr. TV? I mean, how does that work? No, everybody's really cool. Everybody's really supportive. It's great. You know, I always say that a lot of the benefit of being a working actor and whatever success I've attained is um, seeing how it affects the people around you, your friends and your family who care about you. And they get such a, uh, such joy out of it that it gives you even more joy. It makes you appreciate your, you know, whatever you've done more, you know, cause you get to a point where ah, I did the show and eh, no big deal. It's a job. But when you see it through their eyes, it really sh- tells you how much, um, how important it is and how, how much to appreciate it. Isn't that weird? Like for me, even cause you know, like I sit there, you know, I put pictures of me and my guests and I'm like, Oh my God. And they think it's just, it's true. They sit there and it's like, they li- almost not live vicariously. And when I went to my high school reunion. I mean, I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. All the guys I went to are doctors and lawyers. They're like millionaires. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a struggling guy out here in Burbank. And they're like, man, you must have it great. And I'm thinking, yeah, what, 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 how big's your mansion? Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's so funny how people take it. But it's, it's always good. It's always good when people are happy for you. It's the ones that aren't, that, that, that begrudge you, that, yeah. that is awful. Yes. So now, now, do you tweet? Are you on Facebook? Or I am you? Facebook. Uh, Chris Caldavino. I uh, uh, just uh, uh, tweet uh, at Chris Caldavino also. And um, I'm even on Instagram also, Chris Caldavino. Now, do you tweet a lot? <laughs> I, I tweet a little bit here and there. Yeah, I tweet. I'm not a, I'm not a you know... I don't tweet every day, but you know, once in a while I'll tweet something out or I'll put something on Instagram, Facebook. Well, what do you put on Instagram? Like when you go back to New York, will you put pictures from New York on Instagram? Oh, sure. Yeah. If I go to an event or if I do a red carpet or whatever, I'll just, sometimes I'll just put personal stuff on there too. Just fun stuff. And you leave tomorrow. I leave tomorrow. Okay. Now I just say, so you know, tomorrow, well here in Burbank, tomorrow's supposed to be 87. Okay. I know. Uh, back in East, uh, they're going to get like, snow. It's like seven. Thursday. <laughs> do you miss that at all? No. I mean, how often do you go back? Well, I mean, for the last few years, I've been going back so much. Um, but since I've been off, uh, I've went back once since I'm finished with the show. But I, I'll generally, I'll go back three, four times a year, even if I, even if it's not right. for business. I'm always, you know, uh, 
Well, I'm going to thank you for coming on. This was good. Steve, I'm thank glad. you. This was hey, great. I can't believe the hour went so I know. Quick. It always because that's the thing, you guys. That's why people, I get the great, the, the great actors because they have stories. I, they make my job easy. So follow him on Twitter. People follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. I tweet a lot. Also go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have about 340 episodes up there. You can send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.net. I will respond to you. Also, if you go to iTunes or Stitcher, Type in one word, Cooper Talk, and you will find me. Um, also, my uh, my low-sodium cookbook, Stop the Salt, Low-Sodium Cooking for One Without Killing Yourself, is now available. If you go to my website, a different website, StopTheSalt.com, it's $9.99 plus $3.99. Order it from there, and if you want, I'm not being a dick, but if you want me to autograph it or anything, I mean, I'll sign it. Just tell me that. Or you can go to Amazon and just type in Steve Cooper Stop the Salt or Steve Cooper books, and that just went up. So my book will be shipping March first. It's all done, so you can get it there and follow it. It's cooking for one. It's if you're if you have want to get healthy and you want to make easy meals, do it that way. So do that. And remember, follow me on Twitter at Cooper Talk, and also give a shout out to my affiliate friends Steve Benz over at WSDIChicago.com, Brody James at AllRadioX.com. Wildfire Radio, my South Jersey station.com. I'm supposed to start playing it. I didn't play last Saturday, but hopefully they're coming up. Uh, check out rantradio.com. The three guys over there are great. And also, don't forget the 405media.com. It's a conservative station, um, which I don't fit in, but I get the non, I get the non, um, political listeners so check it out but yeah go to coopertalk.net uh listen to the show i'm steve cooper remember i'm only as hip as my guests don't forget drink your water eat your vegetables take your vitamins you guys have a great weekend